Blog Talk Radio.
evening, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a reconnective healing practitioner and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air. And as an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, you can simply dial directly 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or if you are driving about, please use your Bluetooth, especially if you're in the areas where there's so much snow, which seems to be almost all the country right now, so do drive easily. We are in the third week of the new year, and this is a time when people are working on their new year resolutions. And you don't need a new year or a specific day to give yourself a do-over. Every single second is an opportunity to start fresh, clean the slate, begin again. And while there are so very many typical resolutions, quitting an addiction, losing weight, spending more time with the family, cleaning out clutter, being kinder to others. We often overlook perhaps the one thing that when really analyzed will allow you to release so much baggage, you will find your life flowing in a much smoother and easier way. I'm talking about forgiveness. Why should we forgive someone? And how do we forgive ourselves? My guest tonight is Rosalind Sadaka, recognized as the voice of child-centered divorce. Rosalind is the founder of the Child-Centered Divorce Network and author of the internationally acclaimed ebook, How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce? It's a creative storybook guide to preparing your children with love. And in addition to being a certified corporate trainer and divorce and parenting coach, Rosalind is also a dating and relationship coach. She is the co-author of 99 Things Women Wish They Knew Before Dating After 40, 50, and yes, 60, and co-creator of the Dating Rescue 10-Week e-course for women. Rosalind is on the board of directors of Online Parenting Programs, Inc., where she co-created the 8-hour and 12-hour anger management courses for divorcing and divorced co-parents. She is a weekly writer for the Huffington Post Divorce Section, an expert advisor at parentalwisdom.com, a contributing expert for divorce360.com, on the panel of experts for the National Association of Divorce for Women and Children and ParentalWisdom.com, as well as a contributing editor for Exceptional People magazine. And she is also the national first place winner of the Victorious Woman Award. That's huge. Congratulations on that. And in addition, Rosalind shares her expertise through personal and group coaching services, teleseminars, she has a blog and a newsletter, as well as TV, radio, and print interviews. And to learn more about her books and programs, services, and all the other valuable resources for families, you know, before, during, and after divorce or separation, there are quite a few websites you can visit, childcenteredivorce.com, howdoitellthekids.com, womendatingafter40, that's 40.com, and WomenDatingRescue.com. So you can check the, one of those sites or all those sites out after the show. In the meantime, though, good evening, Rosalind. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? I'm wonderful, and it's a pleasure to be with you tonight, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I think it will be interesting. I think that, you know, all of the work that you do is so heavily surrounded by forgiveness 
Yet it's not exactly the first thing on one's mind in many of the situations in which you coach and train. And I often find, yeah, I often find people experiencing a hurt of some sort, no matter what the situation is, and it can be as, as difficult as divorce or separation. They have difficulty forgiving others. And that's certainly not one of the first stages of the grieving process that you go through when you are suffering something like that. But do you find that to be true, people have difficulty forgiving others? People have difficulty uh, forgiving others. It's, it's a huge issue, and we have great difficulty forgiving ourselves. A lot of us won't admit it, but we will hold on to grudges against ourselves and be angry at ourselves for things we may have done a, a decade ago and, and not let go. So this is such an important conversation, and I'm so grateful that you're um, bringing it up today. You know, I, I agree with you about that. I think sometimes it's harder to forgive yourself than to forgive other people because we don't cut ourselves any slack. We expect ourselves to be perfect. And what I've often found is that rather than going through the, okay, I can forgive myself, it ends up turning into guilt. Do you think that that's true? Oh, yeah. When it's and, yourself? Um, guilt, yes. I, I spent many, many years before my divorce with guilt that kept me from getting the divorce because I didn't want to hurt my son and it I felt that I was run by guilt for a very long part of my life and I think that's that's true for many many people it and it creates a lot of complications for us yes and you know you know if if you don't forgive yourself your feelings of guilt and shame continue to like entrap you. I think it's harder to forgive ourselves and we never cut ourselves, like I said, enough slack. We punish ourselves. It's almost like we do that for every little indiscretion, indiscretion when other people have actually forgotten and moved on. You know, they, they exactly. forget about things and, yeah, it doesn't really bother them. But for exactly. us, why do we hold it? Why well, do we continue to do that? Yeah, we, uh, well, all of us tend to be harder on ourselves than, than on anyone else, and then we're hardest on the people we love than other people, and that's what creates so many relationship problems and issues. It's, it's part of human nature, but it's definitely something that um, we need to become aware about, and when we learn about the consequences of holding on to um, lack of forgiveness and guilt, then only then can we start making shifts within so that we could change that. Um, this week, as you know, was a Martin Luther King's birthday commemoration, and I, mm-hmm. I found a quote of his that I think is a, just a great way for us to start this conversation. Uh, he once said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover... ...encompasses a lot of what we want to be sharing tonight. Yes, I think it does encompass a lot of what we need to share. And I think that, you know, it's such a huge subject and there's so much to to bring forward about it. And he's right. You know, I think one of the things that we need to remember when we forgive people is it's, we're not condoning what someone did. 
You know, it's not that the, uh, you're saying, yes, okay, the other person's actions are okay. That's so not true, yet it's hard for people to get that. You know, they, they exactly. think that, well, if I say, if I forgive them, it's actually for you to move forward. You can't move forward without, without actually forgiving someone else. And that's clearly stated in that quote. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, forgiveness is a decision to let go of resentment or pain or hurt or thoughts of revenge or anything else connected to what we believe someone did to us. And it doesn't mean you're forgetting, and it doesn't mean you're denying the pain or the hurt. And that's where people get caught. They think on some level it means, oh, I'm letting it go, it wasn't that important, and they're off the hook. That isn't the case. Forgiving means you are releasing the grip that... So we forgive for ourselves. We don't forgive for other people. So it doesn't mean that you deny that the other person is responsible for hurting you, and it's not trying to minimize the actions or behavior they took. We don't forgive for the other person. We forgive because of the value it brings to us. And that is a difficult concept, but it's a huge empowering concept because it frees us from being hooked onto the pain of that experience forever and ever and ever, holding onto it. And when we forgive, we also are able to better understand that no one is perfect, as, as Martin Luther King said, that we all make mistakes. And it enables mm-hmm. us to come to terms with our own inner turmoil by letting go of the destructive thoughts that we may be harboring inside, thoughts that usually cause us distress and discomfort. So when we forgive, we're taking back control of our life and dissolving the hateful thoughts that follow us wherever we go. Every time we think of that incident or that person, we get filled with turmoil and rage and and we relive it. And it's not hurting them. It's only hurting us inside. It's empowering, and it it really is one of the most powerful steps we can take. But, yes, it isn't always easy when we're talking about some very deep, painful experiences that, that people have done to us or that we believe we have done to ourselves. And I think it, it, every, forgiveness starts, like you said, by making a decision to forgive, and that's a choice. That's a healing choice that people make in order to move forward. But sometimes they have to go through the process, and forgiving is a process of, you know, you sit with it, then you stew a bit, then you vent, you maybe scream or yell or tell everybody about it. And then once you clear yourselves of the initial onslaught of hurt, it's only then that you can clearly look at the situation and parse it apart so that you can see what happened and get to that place of understanding to allow the forgiveness to come into your heart. Would you agree with that? Yes, totally. And and the the emphasis is that you forgive because of its value for you, regardless of what the whether the other person deserves to be forgiven or not. It's about regaining your personal power in the situation. So it's it's a very freeing and empowering situation to do that. And when we forgive 
we feel better inside. It, it makes us a bigger and better person, so to speak. And it's like we've let go of a huge burden. And you're right. It, it's not a case of whether they deserve it or not. And so many people think, well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. I have news for you. They don't care. They walked away. They're done. They have no idea that this is it's infectious, that you're, you're infecting your entire body with this you know, you're fuming with whatever's going on that you won't forgive them, but they're not feeling anything. So when you do forgive them, you are letting yourself release, like you said, and let go of all of those toxins. It has nothing to do with the person that caused you the pain. At least yeah. that's kind of how I look at it. It's more for you so you can move forward. Totally for you. I, I, I call it forgiveness is the gift you give yourself. It's not something well, you do good. to someone else. It's the gift you give to yourself, and it's an internal decision and an inner process. And, yes, when people realize that you're doing it for yourself and that it, it's not letting someone else off the hook and condoning something they did, th then it is. thinking about it um it's all about what's going on for us but often very often when we forgive the other person when they when they see that you're not caught up in all that dark negative emotion they start looking at themselves and and saying what did i do and it it may force them to acknowledge and own and take responsibility for the part they played so you're never letting them off the hook. What you're doing is releasing yourself from that hook, and you may be helping them to understand and see more clearly about the pain that they created in your life. So it can have a beneficial effect on the other person in really seeing how big you are and how destructive what they did was. But the most important thing is that you give up the sense of playing the powerless role of a victim. Because when we sit and stew and relive a circumstance that, that angers us and fills us with, with remorse and rage and, and all those negative emotions, we, we really are in the role of a victim. We're saying, I'm, I'm powerless and I just have to replay this. And by forgiving, unhooking, releasing, we suddenly have the power to choose how we want to feel about life and we could look at that as a as an experience in the past but i've moved whenever there's an intercommunication and with another person that didn't go well it's it's usually not black and white there's a lot of human communication that that went askew, and we can learn lessons from that. Maybe I could have phrased that better. Maybe I wasn't listening carefully. Maybe I wasn't as compassionate as I could have been. Maybe I should have stopped fighting at that point and, and not made as big a deal about it. There's something that we could learn and look at that as a gift so that when we move on, we don't have to repeat that type of interaction again in the future. And that's empowering because it, it, it's making us a wiser person, a bigger person for the future. So when we approach things in that way, it's just 
so much more helpful and makes us stronger than when we sit in that victim state of feeling helpless and that the other person did it to me. When other people do it to us and we have no way of undoing it, it's a very a, a terrible feeling of powerlessness, and a lot of human beings live their whole life in that state. So this is a choice that we can make, and it's a wonderful choice, even if it's something that we have to be tentative and try slowly if we're not ready to jump ahead at this very moment. Think about it and give it a try. And I, I have a short process that some people might be interested in um, playing with, um, with forgiveness, if, if we have a chance to talk about that. Sure. And let me ask a question here. Um, it's, so it's all about like conscious awareness of the other person, which you should be in when you're in a relationship. And if you're hurt by somebody, most of the time it's going to be somebody you're in a relationship with. <clears throat> it doesn't, you know, if somebody says something to you at the grocery store and you don't know the person, the checkout counter says something, it's not going to hurt you and affect you the same way as someone in a relationship will affect you. So yes. you need to be consciously aware. And when you haven't forgiven those who have hurt you, you're really kind of turning your back on your own future. You know, forgiveness doesn't change the past. It can't. But it does make the future a whole lot bigger and brighter. So, yeah, it would be great to be able to tell people, you know, when we go into that mode of we're upset and we're venting and you can't really get past that quickly, or maybe we can, but you're going to go through that no matter what. So how do you get through that process so that you can get to the point where you say, all right, enough, I'm ready to let go, and I do want to move on and forgive this person? Well, one way is to remember the experience and, and seek a deeper understanding of its emotional impact on you. Relive it for, for one last time and, and ask for the lessons that you can learn from it. And seek an understanding of, of how it affected you and how you were letting it impact you in, in your emotions and, and the, the pain that, that you feel every time you bring it up. And then you can make a conscious decision to decide to end that impact from a position of personal power, saying, okay, it's done this for the last six months or the last six years or the last 16 years of my life, and I'm ready to let it go. And that sense of personal empower enables you to rise above the painful event and move, in, move it into your personal history, not part of your... ...in your conscious mind, then it'll keep it from being part of your future. But if it's in your present and you relive it every day and, and, and think about it every few hours then it's, it's with you not only today, it's going to be with you tomorrow and the day after that. And that's what we do to ourselves. And we have to understand that we are our own best friends and worst enemies. We are making these choices. We are doing this to ourselves. No one else is doing that to us. And that is something we can choose to change. So through forgiveness, we become our own allies, so to speak. We become an agent of change in our own life. It, it, it gives us an opportunity to introduce a new way of experiencing a hurtful event without holding on to the pain, that you could look at it almost as a movie 
and see the experience and try to see it with with the distance of viewing it rather than living in it and feeling the pain and take yourself out of the picture and say that that was a very sad situation that happened to that person and and I feel such compassion for that person but that doesn't have to hurt me anymore I don't have to be feeling it and and You can step out of things and detach by changing the the, the colors, changing the mood, um, changing the way you feel, or or acting a different way. You could replay the situation and say something different or do something different or change it and recreate the way it was so that the impact isn't as, as strong for you. Whatever works for you to feel calmer is what you want to do because this is the gift you're giving yourself. Again, you're not doing it for the other party. And also, so you can, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, so you can do this either either sitting in your office alone, you can do this talking to someone to get it off your chest, or do you write it out as a very cathartic experience all, to write it all down? All are ways, okay. yes. Whatever. Whatever works for you, for some people writing things out, for other people closing their eyes and and then doing visualizations and and playing with that. For other people, it could be actually having a conversation and talking to the person that hurt them and letting them know the impact or just talking to a friend and a confidant and sharing it and saying, I'm now ready to let it go. Whatever works for you is the perfect solution. And it, it also... It, it, get, it enables you to start looking at the other party, the the party who hurt you, as a fallible, imperfect human being, who in many ways is not much different than than everyone else, and start forgiving them because if they knew better, maybe they would have done better. Not everyone who hurts us does it with malicious intent. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes there are misunderstandings or bad timing or a multitude of things. So we could start looking at that other person and realizing that, you know, they're a wounded person too, and they they made a terrible mistake in what they did to us, but they may be brooding. They may be hurting as a result of it also. And it it opens our hearts a little more when we could think about the other person as being someone who's who's hurting and fallible and weak as as we are. So there there's so many facets to it. What we're doing is humanizing the experience and not looking at at it as a black and white experience, but understanding the the layers and layers and the dynamics because that's what happens in most interpersonal communication. Very few things are black and white, right and wrong. There's just Shades of gray, shades that we can pull away layers and layers, especially when it's interpersonal conflicts and um, nuances with people who we, we love and care about, family relationships and intimate partners and people who are close to us in life. So it, it the, makes us a bigger person to be able to start having some compassion for the other person and it frees us, which is most important, 
from feeling the pain of of the the hurt that that's been controlling us for so long. We want to be able to move on, and it increases our self esteem. It increases our ability to move ahead in life. It it um, has so many positive aspects, and there are also a lot of um, physiolo- physiological um, positive results of of forgiveness. Uh, people who learn to forgive have fewer cardiovascular problems, and they have fewer stress-related ailments, and they generally feel happier in life than those who hold a grudge. Holding a grudge is holding a burden. It's like carrying a weight around with you. And if you could imagine just doing a visualization of of carrying a 50-pound weight over your shoulders, a cape that weighed 50 pounds, and then one day you say, I'm tired of doing this. I've held it long enough. It's burdening me long enough. I don't deserve this. I don't need this. It's not making me feel any better to, to be carrying this around anymore, and the other person isn't getting anything from my holding this burden. I'm ready to drop this 50-pound cape and imagine what it feels like to just drop that weight, that load, how light and free you would feel and how much more capable you are to move on with your life and do positive things. You know, the the health benefits are absolutely enormous, and it sometimes is easier when you're in the mode, for me, of forgiveness to remember, you know what? There's probably somebody out there that really wants to forgive me but is having a tough time with it because I'm not perfect, that's for sure, you know. And I would think that once you have that in your head and you you realize that, it makes it easier to be more compassionate towards someone else because you know that, you know, we're all perfect in our imperfections, but we have our imperfections. And I would also think that going to the other party would be really challenging very hard for some people to do until you get to a certain point where you can talk to them without sometimes seething, you know? Yes, yes. It it is one of the most challenging things that that we can do in life. And that's why for some people the forgiveness is is stages. It's not something that you just do. For for some you're ready, and it could be like dropping that cape and, and suddenly you say, I don't need to hold this anymore, and I'm done. For others, it may be stages of just thinking about it and contemplating it, and then over weeks and weeks just thinking about it more and and letting go a little bit, looking for the lessons, looking for the gifts, the insights, looking for what what they're getting, and then then also paying attention to how they're hurting themselves and how they're keeping the pain going. It's like a festering wound. And it may be that after a few weeks, I could see this as a wound, and I don't want to be carrying this wound. So whatever works for you, and depending on the depth of of the process, but I am always in such awe when you hear on the news or in, and read about people who have had extremely horrendous experiences in life, like someone murders their child, for example, and they have moved on to a level of forgiving that person. And you say, wow, that is mind-boggling. Um, for some people, they understand what forgiveness is about, and they realize that it is not going to 
serve them in any way to hold on to the intense weight and anguish of of the hatred and the grudge and and the um, grieving on that level and so they are able to forgive and they feel that it's a positive step for them for other people it takes a lifetime and they will never forgive and you know we can't judge but what we are trying to do in this conversation is expand so that the awareness of the ramifications of forgiveness as as a goal as something again as a gift we give to ourselves as something we're not doing for the other person but it's just a a relief for ourselves and that and that really helps uh, the the journal of the uh, mental health religion and culture report said that people who forgave had decreased odds of depression women more than men and another study published this year found that men generally have a harder time forgiving than women so that's interesting wow that's and, interesting yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think men are a little more black and white in the way they approach mm-hmm. things you know it's a little more of that testosterone and a little less of of the nurturing side where we have the compassion and uh, and understanding so um, it doesn't mean that's the case for all men, but in general, that's what they found, that men have a harder time forgiving. And so the important thing is that there are physiological consequences, and it affects the joy in our life because we're carrying a burden of emotions, and it creates health issues. And we just, you know, if if you have a choice, and if you could understand it as a choice, then you're saying, you know, do I let go? Do I release this? Do I want to carry it around? And do I want to be feeling anger and bitterness and revenge and rage and all of those things? Now, in divorce in particular, which is my area of specialization, parenting and divorce, it's very, very harmful not to forgive your former spouse if you have children because the children get the consequences of that. When when the two parents don't get along, the, the co-parents following a divorce don't get along, and there's a lot of, and the children are always caught between, um, it, it really destroys the children emotionally and psychologically and has devastating effects. I always say it's not the divorce per se that scars children, it's the way parents handle the divorce. So a, a divorce where the parents are filled with resentment and anger and revenge and, and um, just trying to get back at their ex in every possible way is a divorce where the children are paying the price. And the, now, the, the, co, the co-parents that forgive are giving a gift to their children. Now, sometimes, you know, you think you forgave a person. I've done this. I've really believed in my heart that I forgave a person. And then something would happen, and I'd get kicked off to the ultimate end all over again. And people would say to me, oh, see, you still have that anger. Well, this might be new anger. It might not be the old anger. I might have forgiven him for that, but now something else has cropped up. Or is it really triggering me back, and I didn't fully forgive? Both. Uh, Very often the, the triggers are strong. And 
and it's only human, you know. Uh, you you could have made a, a strong effort to forgive and really believe you did, but if someone is going to push a certain button and there's a raw nerve, then wow, that whole issue comes up again. It's like you know the pus coming out out of a wound. But you can look at it, understand again, forgive yourself for you know for getting upset and then and moving on. We're all human. None of us handle any of these things perfectly. And life seems to be a couple of steps forward and, and one or two back. And, we, you know, we move forward and then something will set us back. And that's the way it goes. But if we're moving more forward than back, then we're doing a good thing for ourselves and for those around us. And I, I think it's also important then to be focusing on the, the value in learning to forgive ourselves because sometimes that's at the at the core behind everything else is the fact that we really don't respect ourselves, don't like ourselves fully, don't think a lot of ourselves in many ways and that that can make us behave in in a lot of ways where we get defensive and we act out and what we're really doing is trying to protect the fact that we don't think a lot of ourselves. So working on our own self-esteem and on our own self-confidence, I think, is one of the most important and valuable processes we could possibly do in life. Just learning to appreciate ourselves, forgive ourselves for mistakes we made, because it, it's only human to make mistakes, and to be able to move on and look at everything as a, a gift and a lesson. To me, that when things don't go right and we have no control over it, so inevitably things will go wrong from time to time, if we could turn around and say, okay, so what was the lesson for me there? If you learn a lesson, then you're going to change and shift and, and not repeat that same pattern. And if you even look at it as a gift, which is even greater than a lesson, you say, okay, now I'm a, I'm a better person as a result of that. I'm wiser. I'm smarter. I'm, I'm not as naive. I'm a more understanding, accepting person. Whatever it is, if you find the gift in that, then you're living a life that's filled with lessons and gifts rather than mistakes and things to be ashamed of and uh, of another level of consciousness that's a much happier state to be in. It also comes down to sometimes, I think, ego. You know, sometimes people don't want to forgive because if they're the first party to apologize or forgive and, or feel like they're, they're giving in, then they feel you know, like their ego has been deflated and that they're not the person, they look less than what they are. Yes. Do you, do you find that to be true? I think you're very right about that. Uh, and unfortunately, when we get caught in that, we're, we're not in the best state of consciousness um, when we're playing those those games. And that that's it makes it harder to forgive the other person, and it gets us caught in a place where it's harder to forgive ourselves as well. Uh, it, it's not serving us. It, it's, we see it happening all the time, but it's not really serving us well. And um, when, when we run from our egos, it, we are not usually the best selves we can be. 
in in comparison to when we're <clears throat> coming from a, a conscious state of of thinking first and and intentionally making choices and learning from lessons. Again, it's a case of looking at it and having that awareness to do that in the process or right after the process because you can just be in the throes of anger initially and not be able to do that. And once you're out of the person's sight or space, energy field, you can probably sit with it a lot better. And knowing all of this, you can probably quicken the process because because you're you're actually taking it a step at a time and you're doing it rather than waiting for it to do to you. Yes, Does that make I sense? love that. I love that. Yes, yes. That's the whole thing. When when it when circumstances in life does things to us, we are being a victim. And unfortunately, in our culture, we don't educate children to understand that. Adults aren't walking around understanding that. And most people are walking around as victims, picking on other victims. And it, it's so prevalent in our culture. And it, it's a whole different shift in consciousness to be just thinking from a place of what part did I play in that situation? What role did I play? How did I play a part in it turning out this way? Where did it go askew? I could point out a thousand things the other person did wrong because we're all very aware of that. <laughs> and yes, the, you know, and the other person did. They they said stupid things. They made stupid decisions. That's that's definitely a, uh, no one is is doubting that. But right. if we don't look at the part we played, maybe I I could have phrased things differently and then it wouldn't have gotten out of hand or <coughs> excuse me <coughs> I'm sorry I'm getting over a cold but you know oh, the, if I had if I had done this differently if I hadn't said that um if we could find those pieces of the puzzle that we're responsible for well that's empowering because we could change that we can't change the crazy things the other person did and if we just point the finger in life and always look at how people who are usually unhappy don't keep friends very well and long and are constantly recreating situations, interpersonal situations, because they've never learned a lesson. And so they just walk around um on the attack and it we all know people like that but we certainly don't want to be um living around people like that so we have choices and the only power we have in life really are the choices we make decisions and choices and understanding that every decision and choice has a consequence and that's that's how we learn and that's how we grow and become a better person so and that really past, needs to be taught. Yes, it, you know, it, you know, if it needs children to be that early, yes, if children learn that early on in school, it's the greatest gift we could be giving them mm-hmm. because then they would be able to be thinking and proactive rather than reactive. Um, that's an important right. concept. Most of the time, someone says or does something, and then we react. And we react unconsciously. We don't think about it, but 
we're hurt, we're wounded, we're we're annoyed, we're frustrated. But if we can just consequence is going to be what is what is that person going to say next is it going to initiate more of a, of a fight is there another way of saying this or phrasing it that that's going to diffuse the anger and the tension it makes all the difference in the world and it takes it just takes another few seconds of of thought and if we could teach our children that we have the power of choice in what we say and what we do because we all think we're we're running on automatic and most of us don't think first and then we excuse ourselves. We say, Oh well, you know, I I, I didn't think about that, it's just what I said. But there's a consequence, there's a responsibility for what you said. And if you own it to say, gee, I'm sorry, I, I really shouldn't have sounded so accusatory at that moment. It just changes everything. So learning some basic communication skills about not putting other people on the defensive and mm-hmm. apologizing when it's appropriate to diffuse tension and also catching other people doing things right is very helpful you know as as parents they we're taught to not just say no to our children because kids are only learning negative things when you say no but if you could catch them doing something right it helps them with behavior problems. Well, it also works with adults just as well. And if you if you have something negative to say, if you sandwich it with a positive statement beforehand and another one a positive statement afterwards, it's much easier to make a, a criticism of someone. So you could thank them for doing something and doing you a favor or, or being so helpful with something and then make your critique about, something you'd like them to change, and then at the end also say something appreciative about something that they did for you, it just makes the medicine much take. Yeah. So we we have choices, and that's, that's really the, the lesson to learn is looking around and seeing the choices and options in your life because you're much less depressed and you're and you feel freer and and more empowered when you realize that we are really the only ones we can run and control in our lives are us, but we have more power to do that than we really think, and we should take full advantage of all of that, and then we we can do better. It's really kind of simple if you're just consciously aware of the other people and I know in this age of technology everyone's running in 20 million different directions and we all are trying to get things done quickly because God help us if we don't you know but it really is okay to pause to stop to just look at the other person before you just spew something out engage your filter and think of what you want to say and don't be reactive be consciously aware aware of where they're coming from and maybe you don't know maybe they got hit with some really not so great news and something is going on in their life that's affecting them in a big way and their negativity is just showing because they're not consciously aware then if we can go out and know that you know what if I'm more consciously aware and just try to do this and we're all works in process so you know it's it's something that we're all learning to do every day and get better skilled at then we can have conversations with people, 
pause for a moment before saying something so you can think it through. And then those hurtful words and, and those miscommunications won't come out of your mouth. And I think Marianne Williamson, uh, I'm sure you're familiar, she said her. one time, yes, and one time she said, when our minds move in harmony with love through forgiveness or prayer or the simplest tender thought, then mountains move and the universe shifts. And that's absolutely true. She's absolutely right. Just the decision to forgive touches you to your very core. It gets to who you are as a human being. And really, maybe what it comes down to is not to forgive one another, but rather to understand one another. And if you, if you look at situations like that going in, every interaction as an understanding and a meeting of the minds, then you'll better be aware of what the other person's saying and you won't be reactive and you won't be quick to judge and you won't be comparing. You'll use discernment. You'll gain admiration for the other person and nobody will have to forgive anybody. Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm looking at that like a, a math equation and I'm thinking it really can be easy. Not so simple to implement maybe, but it is easy. What do you think? I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think I think that's that's the direction to go. That's the answer. And I, I love Marianne Williamson's philosophies. I think they're totally right on. So thank you for sharing that with us. And there's a very simple question that we could all ask ourselves when, when we're in doubt about some of these things, and that is, would I rather be right or happy? Sometimes the right. ego is yeah. really fighting to be right and on the other side of that temptation is the fact that everyone will get along better and we'll all be happier if I don't make that cutting statement, if I don't prove myself to be better than or or some other thing, and just go for the happiness, go for the cooperation, go for the harmony in life and peace. And And that's basically what we've been talking about forgiveness is about creating more peace in your inner life as well as your outer life, creating more harmony, creating more understanding, creating a more closeness with other people. And human beings really desire and crave closeness. Some of us have gotten so jaded we don't want to admit it and own that, but we do innately want to be close to other people and love and nurturing are important facets of the human condition. So moving ahead and breaking barriers and opening ourselves up to expressing more love and, and connection with other people is, is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful way to, to spend life, and it, it'll bring more joy and, and make make life much more positive and peaceful and and harmonious as we move through it and not just for ourselves because when you mind your own energy fields when you mind your own whatever is going on in you your own body your own business your own energy fields you can't and you keep them all you know in that positive flow you can't help but impact other people we cannot change other people but other people will change because of who we become and that is a really good thing because then you're raising everyone's consciousness, and that's probably what really will bring about peace instead of people just saying, you're wrong and lashing out. It's got to be my way or the highway. No, it really doesn't. 
you know, everybody can do things their own way and feel their own way. Just do it with conscious awareness and, and in harmony with other people around you. I, you know, that exactly. kind of, that's kind of like, yeah, a little philosophy. I can't believe we're almost at the top of the hour, Rosalind, but before we say goodbye, would you please tell everyone how they can learn more about you? Yes. Well, I do um, coaching on um, relationships, uh, dating and relationships for singles, and I do coaching on divorce and parenting issues, and I can be found at childcenteredivorce.com as well as womendatingafter40.com, that's four zero. Also, womendatingrescue.com. And I have a new program by phone at 561-742-3537. If anyone wants, I do telephone and Skype coaching because I work with people all over um, North America and all over the world now, and um, so I'm available for um, coaching services. And I have um, lots of free information on divorce and parenting issues at childcenteredivorce.com, and a free ebook and other free information at womendatingafter40.com. So I invite all our listeners to. Um, Participate, dig in, and, and, you know, get as much as you can and check out my programs because they're heartfelt and they're designed to raise consciousness while giving really practical facts and tips and insights that will help you uh, make life happier. Yes, and listeners, go do that because she's coming back on February 26th to speak with us about dating after 40, 50, and 60. So this is going to be a great show. If you go and check those sites out, you might have questions that you want to ask at that time after reviewing some of the information that she has, is offering to you. So please do that. I, again, Rosalind, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This was a wonderful show. It's a topic that really needs discussion and probably even more than we got into. But it was wonderful and informative, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. It's been a pleasure. I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You hang on for just a couple of seconds while I mm-hmm. outro the show, and then I'll be with you. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. Share it with your family. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I have to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link to this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you have just had tonight to learn and grow and make the world better for everyone. So on behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead, get out your calendar, make note of it now so you remember to tune in next week, and make sure you make note of February 26th when Rosalind will be back. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including there's quite a few Crystal Bowl singing concerts coming up. So check it out. And if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order the CD, Imagine, from my site as well. So check that out. It may be very beneficial to you as someone you love. 
don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Give me-